This morning I'll be preaching on Psalm 46. And so if you would like to follow along, you can open your Bibles to Psalm 46. There's a story about Psalm 46. The great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon once said of Psalm 46, he said this psalm would be called the psalm of holy confidence if it were not for Martin Luther's love for this psalm. Instead, Spurgeon writes, it will always be remembered as Luther's psalm because it inspired the famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Now you have to understand, during the time of the Reformation, there's great opposition and great persecution. The world was being turned upside down. The devil was loose. And the, refor- the reformers were often plagued with doubts, plagued with despairs, wondering if they were doing the right thing. You have to understand, society, the church tradition worked a certain way. And they were attacking that and questioning that and doubting that and watching everything get turned upside down. And during those times, they wondered if, if what they were doing was right. They were filled with doubt and and plagued with insecurities and wondering if they were really the solution or maybe, just maybe, they were of the devil. I mean, you can see how you question yourself. Well, during such times of, of doubt and despair, Luther would often say to Melanchthon, come. Let us sing the 46th Psalm and let the devil do his worst. I like that. After Luther's death, Melanchthon heard a girl singing this psalm and said to her, Sing on, dear daughter. You do not know what comfort this brings to my heart. Sing on, sing on. Psalm 46 is a psalm that's meant to bring comfort in the midst of fear. The main purpose of this whole psalm is to get the people of God to say, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So let's try to say that this morning. So you can repeat the first section after me. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord Lord Almighty is with us. us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now let's try to do the whole thing together. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You're awake. Now these words are easy enough to say. We can all say them. We can say them every day of our lives. We can say them. The question though is can we say these words with faith? Can we actually believe that the Lord Almighty is with us? That the God of Jacob is our refuge. Can we believe that with faith? You know, it's easy to believe those words when things are going well. It's easy to sing them when when the churches are filled, when society is strong, when young people are being raised in the faith. Those words are easy to sing. But when things are crumbling and falling, and falling apart. These words are a lot harder to sing. 
This psalm is not meant for easy times. This psalm is meant for terrible times. Literally, times when it says, the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Times when waters and nations roar and mountains and kingdoms totter. I mean, think about that image of the earth giving away, giving way. I mean, when we walk, every step we take assumes that the earth is stable, assumes that at each step there will be earth beneath our feet. Think of the fear that all of us have experienced when we take a step and there's nothing there. Or we take a step and, and the earth gives way. Think of the fear that happens when an earthquake occurs. When the very thing that's not supposed to shake, when the very thing that's supposed to be stable actually starts shaking and moving and falling apart. Think of the fear and the terror that occurs within all of us at such times. And I remember stepping off a ladder and there wasn't a step. I had missed the step. And foo, fear, terror, pain, struggle. Now, the psalmist isn't writing simply about earthquakes here. He's writing about what happens to us when the stable things in our lives, the things that aren't supposed to move, actually move. What happens when the earth gives way? What happens when, when the economy that's supposed to be stable? We have the Federal Reserve. They're supposed to make everything stable. What happens when it's not stable? What happens in the church? The church is supposed to be a beacon to this world. The church is supposed to be a place away from the scandal of this world. The, the church is supposed to be a holy place. What happens when that starts to give way and fall? Or in marriage? Oh. Wasn't kicking anything there. <laughs> marriage is supposed to be a place of, of protection in life. What happens when, when marriages break and families are split apart? It's terribly frightening. Frightening when the economy gives way and the church falters and marriages fall apart. And when such institutions give way, a lot of pain and a lot of fear and a lot of doubt occur. And we start wondering how we'll afford our, to pay our bills and we wonder about the poor and downtrodden. Who's going to take care of them? And we wonder about our family members. We wonder about our children and grandchildren who are being born in this world. I mean, Jimmy, I don't know about you, but I worry at times having little babies. Going, what kind of world are they growing into? There's things that cause a lot of fear in us. Well, this psalm is written for such times. This psalm is meant to give us a word to hold on to. And in this psalm, in verse 2, the psalmist has the gumption, and I say this, the gumption of saying, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Now, how in the world can the psalmist say that? How can they say we will not fear? Is his head in the clouds? Is he simple-minded? Is he, is he delusional? 
Or maybe he's one of those pillars of faith that, that can weather all things. No. He's just like all of us. Human like all of us. Scared like all of us. Fearful like all of us. But the psalmist has a word to hold on to. A word of promise. A word of hope to hold on to in the midst of such fear. And that is our refrain that we've said before. That word is the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now each of these words are important. The Lord Almighty. Is that a familiar phrase? In Genesis and Exodus, it's the language of the Exodus. It's the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, who's the God of Jacob. It's the God who led the people out of Egypt with an outstretched arm. God destroyed Pharaoh and delivered the people of Israel. According to Psalm 46, this God, El, all, this God, the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, helps at the break of dawn and lifts his voice and the earth melts. Now you might recall your Old Testament stories where the Assyrians came up against Israel. 185,000 strong came to destroy the people. At night, during the encampment, the people of Israel probably didn't sleep much, thinking about the destruction that was soon to occur. But that very night, the Lord spoke. And according to 2 Chronicles 32, the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the leaders and officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. When the people of Israel arose the next morning, they saw the Lord's victory. There's a saying in, in AA, an old saying, that says, don't leave five minutes before the miracle. And I think that's so important because it's always darkest before the dawning of the day. It's always darkest right before the, the miracle happens. It's always at its, its worst before resurrection occurs. And as the, the choir sang, I couldn't help but move about you're singing this and the, the way is arranged where you're singing about death and destruction, the devil loose and fighting. And then you hear one little word. One little word spoken by God changes everything. It turns everything around. If you go to read jo Jonah, I didn't put it in here, but I, I want to write a sermon on this one day. If you read the book of Jonah, it says that Jonah came into Nineveh and he preached one sentence. One sentence, and all of Nineveh was turned. One sentence. I would love to preach such a sermon. <laughs> and it's even better because, I mean, it wasn't even a very good sermon. All it said was, in 40 days, God's going to destroy you. There's no hope. There's nothing for them to do. There's no mention of resurrection. It just says, in 40 days, God's going to destroy you. That's it. But those weren't just man's words. They were words spoken through a prophet, spoken to people, 
spoken, filled with the Holy Spirit, to change a whole city. One little word changes everything. God's word forever shall abide. No thanks to foes who fear it. For God himself fights by our side with weapons of the Spirit. Were they to take our house, goods, honors, honor, child, or spouse, though life be wretched away, they cannot win the day. The kingdom's ours forever. The Lord is the Almighty, El Shaddai. At the Diet of Worms, I always like saying that to the confirmation students because they freak out. I said, we're going to have the diet of worms today. And they're like, oh, we're going to eat worms? And I say, no, 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 no. This is diet in German is trial. Worms is location, worms. It was a trial at worms where Luther made his famous statement, here I stand. Well, he was on trial. And as he was going to worms, the people lined up to meet him along the route. And as he was going there, traveling by horse probably, I assume, the people would say, remember Huss, remember Huss. And the reason was because 100 years earlier, Jan Huss was burned at the stake in that very region. He went to trial as well. He stood before an emperor and a court. And there they said, guilty. And they burned him at the stake. Now my confirmation students know this. Huss in German means what? Goose. And so all the artwork of that time has a little goose burning. Remember Huss. Well, as Luther was hearing these words, that would freak us all out, wouldn't it? I mean, remember Huss, you're almost going, I don't want to remember Huss. I don't want to remember what it did. But in doing it, I'm convinced that, that he remembered the Huss was willing to stand and stand strong. And no matter what would happen, and strengthened by the Holy Spirit, strengthened by the consolation of the brethren, strengthened along the way, Luther was able to stand before the court and say these words, unless I am convicted by scripture in plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God, I cannot and I will not recount anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand, I cannot do otherwise, I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. The Lord Almighty El Shaddai is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Oh, I pray that you take these words to heart. There is no battle too great for God. There is no situation too far gone for the Almighty. With God, no dead is too dead for resurrection. Don't leave five minutes before the miracle of God's word speaking. Even when the earth is crumbling... Even when the economy is failing, even when churches are tottering, the Lord Almighty is with us. Amen. Isn't that amen? amen. But I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not done. It's too good.
Because that saying, the Lord Almighty, we miss it if we don't hear the rest of that saying. The Lord Almighty is with us. He's not against us, but he's not just for us. He's with us. And that's why in this psalm, it's so important that the psalmist is, is calling us back into the fortress, back into the refuge, back into the city whose architect and defender is God. Why? Because that's where God is. In the midst of struggle, in the midst of the world falling apart, the psalmist is calling us back, calling us back to the place where God is. God is with us in that storm shelter. God is with us in that fortress. God is with us in that city. And so God is with us in the midst of our despair and our struggle. We're not alone. God is with us. Yes. My daughter Abigail gets frightened all the time when we turn off the lights. And every time, you know, not every night, but often, we've sung and we've kissed, I've kissed her and prayed with her. Lights come off and she's, she's frightened. And we always say, or I always say, and Jamie does the same, always says, Mommy and Daddy love you. And we're right next door. And then we say, God is with you. And between all those things, Mom and Daddy loving her, being next door, of course, and that God is with her, she calms down. She's relaxed. As much as a three-year-old can be, of course. <laughs> but that's what the psalmist is saying. The Lord is, is, the Almighty One is with us. In fact, in Hebrew, the word is Emanu. Does that sound familiar? Because when Jesus was born, what did they call him? Emmanuel. With God. God with us. God is with us. And then... Before he ascended to heaven, what was the great promise he gave to those disciples? Surely I am with you always to the end of the age. God the Almighty is with us. He is for us. He is alongside us. There is nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Now I want to end with this final thought. Psalm 46 speaks of a new day as well. It speaks of the last day when God in his might will break all bows, will beat all spears, and burn all shields, which really means that on that last day, all the weapons of warfare will be annihilated. On that day, we will be with the Lord and we'll be in the new Jerusalem, that city with the river whose streams make glad the city of God. And as the book of Revelation tells us, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the city are for the healing of the nations. Oh, that will be a glorious day. I can't wait for that day. I long for that day. I pray for that day when there will be no more funerals. And no more recessions. And no more sickness. And no more heresies in the church. No more fights with the spouse. Or with the children. <laughs> 
I long for that day. But until that day, let us say with faith, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's say it one more time. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. One more time. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And let the devil do his worst. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.